I'm not inking you. I'm not inking you. Instead, I'm inking the ground near you. But that can be just as bad. Tonight, on the Commune Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Commune Podcast. This week we will be talking about the single player in Splatoon. But before we get into that, I wanted to uh, welcome our newcomer this week, uh, Waith Watt. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, it's, yeah, Waith Watt. Okay. And uh, how have you been doing? Pretty okay. <coughs> I've got a cough, obviously, but pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> when is your birthday? It's uh, in February, the 17th. All right. Shouty, how have you been doing? Uh, I've been doing well, thank you. All right. When is your birthday? The 25th of December. Oh, that's pretty cool. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No wonder you're such a negative person. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Wario fan, how have you been doing? Uh, fine. I, I just had some some food, so I'm feeling good. Nice. Yeah. When is your birthday? It's uh, August the 10th. Okay. Yourself, how have you been doing? Just fine. Alright. And do you have a birthday? <laughs> My birthday is uh, August 4th. Oh, so you, you and uh, Mr. Yeah. Fan here are within a week of each other. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Combination birthday party. Um, yeah. And uh, Zanrio, how have you been doing? Uh, good. Do you know uh, when is your birthday? Today. Oh my god. Oh. I thought you were going to have like, like you... confetti ready or something. It's like, like you uh... asked this question just because it's someone's birthday today. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday. Um, yeah, thanks. How do you say happy birthday in Yoshi? Um, yeah, Yoshi! (laughs) (laughs) It sounds right. That convinces me. Um, Shetty, what have you been playing? I beat New Super Mario Bros. 2. Oh, that, uh, was a long time coming. What do you think of it? Uh, it was, like, eating a super-sized version of fries from McDonald's. I want to use food metaphors. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, so it's kind of like the junk food of gaming. Yeah. Boy, that's... I 100%ed it. Did you? Do, do you have yeah. to get a new kidney now or anything? <laughs> new Super Mario kidney. <laughs> so uh, let me ask, what do you think of Gold Mario? I don't know. I thought it was okay. Like, I, what? I I just didn't like how fleeting he was. Oh yeah, he doesn't appear that often, but he is really cool. Wait, what's uh what's a hundred percent of super of new Super Mario Bros. Two in your view? I just got all the star coins and moon coins, but not a million coins. No. Well, maxing I up the integer counter on the coins. I don't want to. I got the million coins. I have a life, you know. Uh, you would have far hey. more lives if you had 100 coins. Right. All <laughs> <laughs> the lives you can buy. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to give Mario a life. I want to give myself a life. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> uh, Wario fan, what have you been playing? 
I've been playing Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. God, so jealous. Uh, so, how how different is it from Canvas Curse? Well, it doesn't have power-ups in the sense that Canvas Curse had power-ups. You mean like uh, the regular Kirby abilities? Yeah. Huh. There's none of that. Is and that... Does it still work? Yeah. I mean, sure. It's It sort of has that epic yarn sort of thing where there's dedicated segments to uh, certain transformations. Oh. Yeah, that's... Okay. I mean, that's... Yeah. A little bit how it worked in Canvas Curse anyway, right? No. Was it? You, you couldn't, like, carry power-ups around everywhere. Well, the thing about power-ups is that if you get hit once, you lose them. Yeah, and you can't suck it back up. Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, in, in Canvas Curse, you, like, ran into enemies to get power-ups, right? Yeah. yeah. But here, it's, it's like, sections dedicated to being a tank or a submarine. Yeah. But- or some such. You also get powered up by stars, though, so... I guess there's that. So what what's a star do? A charge attack. Okay. If you get 100 stars, you get a charge attack. Yeah, okay, that sounds exciting. It is very exciting. I, uh, I think I like that you can collect music from all the other Kirby games in a remix, and it's just sort of nice. I think what gets me about that is that this is no particular anniversary for Kirby or anything. They just did it for the fun of it, and that's what I like about it. It's what Shogo Sakai was doing instead of composing for Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS. Do I detect bitterness in that uh, complaint? <laughs> no. I wasn't a complaint. It was an observation. Oh, okay. I mean, I know everything I say sounds bitter. Yeah, it does. <laughs> is he the guy that, that, that there's a video of where he plays on little flute accordion? Flute accordion? Yeah. Is that That's not Shogo Sakai. Oh. And you, the instrument you're thinking of is a melodica. Oh. That's not Shogo Sakai. That's some other guy. Uh, we may be venturing from the topic at hand. <laughs> um, no, so, I really want to keep talking about this. So, <laughs> uh, yourself, what have you been playing? The main thing I've been focusing on is Outland, which was... Uh, Downloadable platformer on PC and Xbox Live Arcade, maybe PSN also. It's uh, the one that, um, it's like platformer Ikaruga. Oh, uh, yeah, I always confuse that with Outlast, and they're very different. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the hell Outlast is. <laughs> a horror game. So, is, uh, is Outland horrific? Nah, it's pretty good. As far as current western platformers go it's certainly more uh puzzle based or uh like strategically based than something like explosion man or super meat boy which is just purely a uh, manual skill challenge so do puzzles revolve around inherent abilities you have or are there like stuff items you interact with well the main idea of the game is that you can uh, switch between red and blue, and then there are, like, energy obstacles in the environment that are red and blue, so when you're red, you are safe from red ones, and when you're blue, you're safe from blue ones. Is it is it just you're safe, or are there things you can touch, like, special objects you interact with? So, the main way that they develop dynamics is that enemies are also present, which are red or blue, so to attack a red enemy, you have to be blue, and vice versa. Oh. Uh, 
So when you stretch or when you place enemies among the like traps, you have to manage what your attacking color is versus what you're going to be able to absorb. That sounds cool. The slight weirdness to it is that you have sort of combos that you hit enemies with, but not um, combos in the sense of varying strings of uh, inputs, but uh, just that it takes three hits to kill an enemy. And the uh, value of that to the gameplay is that it disallows you from being, like, split-second precise with uh, switching colors to attack an enemy. Right. Uh, when you switch to it, when you attack an enemy, you have, like, a time investment there. Right. You have to wait out the animations. All right. That kind of made me think I want an Ikaruga Splatoon. All right, never mind. Uh... <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Where you can switch between your ink and the enemy ink. Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah, that wouldn't work at all, actually. Um, that kind I of undo the game. I've seen that flying spaceship. Zanrio, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you been playing? I've been playing some Earthbound, basically. Oh, uh, the on Wii U Virtual Console. Yes. All right, high five. What do you think of it? Yeah. Oh, it's it's good, and I'm. When I first tried it off downloading it, I didn't get that far, but I tried out. But I stole it up again and got them all into it. Yeah, Earthbound has a weirdo difficulty hump in that first town. Yeah. What do you think of the uh, combat? <laughs> I don't know, uh, there's not too much interesting about Earthbound aside from the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, notice that I scrolling HP yeah. system. So so it's nice like you got more damage but if I kill the enemy before before the life goes away then I still survive. Yeah. Whatever was left then. That's actually a super cool idea. I've yeah. gotta save my bacon quite a few times when I played through it. Yes. Yeah. And with what what have you been playing? Uh, lately, I've been playing a lot of the original Binding of Isaac. Oh, what, the original? There's like a remastered version? Yeah, uh, okay. I don't have, it's a remake, basically, it has, has, has a lot more stuff in it, and it's coming out on new 3DS, oh. Wii U and Expo, in like a week, so I've been playing that, the original, to get good, because I'm gonna get that when it's out. Wasn't there some fuss about how, uh, that guy couldn't... I mean, this is terrible. I should know his name. That guy, and McMillan. Yeah, McMillan couldn't get the game on yeah. on the Nintendo platform, like because like, they were stingy about the graphic stuff. It's yeah, it's kind of got some religiousy stuff to it, but I don't remember if that was the actual deal. I really haven't. Oh, that might have just been hearsay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was some backstory on that. I I can't quite remember what it happened. As far as I know, the indie team at Nintendo was always supportive of getting the game on there, but for whatever case, it just didn't, and now sure. here we are. The 40 megabyte limit, maybe. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's a little joke for... Uh... <laughs> um, I so... That game is like, what, procedurally generated something? Dungeons, yeah. Well, not really procedurally, but I guess... Yeah, it is pretty is it, procedural. Isn't it that it picks from, like, a a finite set of rooms, right? Sort of, I think. Oh, it does? 
There are like, like... set layouts, but there's a lot, so. Okay, so it is randomly generated then. Yeah, more so that. But it's a, a lot of randomness. Yeah, because I really haven't played it a lot. I, I got it on a Steam sale a long time ago, but didn't play it until recently. <laughs> ah. That's your Steam sale standard <laughs> operating procedure. So, my library. How's the core combat? It's pretty neat. It's a shoot 'em up ish I guess. Like um, Smash TV or something. I don't think I've played that. Oh. It's like <laughs> dual stick. Yeah. Like Geometry yeah, Wars. Yeah. Shooting in the four directions. Uh, the big th- fun thing about it I enjoy is all the power-ups you get and how they can combine with each other. Oh. Like, I, I was just doing a run before this call, and I had gotten one that's just a big laser beam you shoot that you have to charge up. You can't shoot until you charge it. But... I'd gotten another power-up after that lets you charge your regular tier shots that you can shoot. The more you charge it, the more it does damage, but those two together, it's still the laser, but I can shoot at any time, it's just more damage with the charges. Oh, nice. Okay. That's pretty cool that they uh, got those weapons playing together. Mm-hmm. All right. In Splatoon, you can sometimes fight directly with your enemies, but often, you'll fight over the ground instead. You'll link it your color, an enemy will link it their color, and you'll go back and forth that way. In this way, the ink system promotes an indirect sense of interplay. Instead of just shooting at each other, you can also shoot at something between the two of you. This time, we get at how this system works, and what it's like to fight with someone indirectly. Ink is the property that a lot of surfaces and objects can have to be either your ink, enemy ink, or no ink. And personally, I find it easy to confuse ink, the property, with ink, the verb, which is, you know, the verb would be you shooting at something. So while I am more interested in the property, don't worry too much if we get these two things confused, because that's kind of half the point of Splatoon, that you confuse them. Shouty, do you have an example of a, of a time where ink affected more than one thing, or you had to fight over how something was inked? Yeah, you're the first person to ask this, and I gave you two examples. And one of my examples was, it's, it is a, there's a level with the, the ink geysers where you face off against a bunch of uh, elite octotroopers, but they're all standing above a bunch of geysers, so you can shoot the geysers to take them all out instead of shooting them directly. Okay, I remember that part. Yeah. So, you had the Octo Troopers stationed above geysers. Were they on a? They were on a fence, right? No, they were all like piled together. And you you were like on their level. Oh, I remember that. That's the lineup of five Octo Troopers, and then there's five geysers on the floor. Yeah. Or gushers, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, fruit roll ups. Um. <laughs> Without your involvement, how do the elite Arctic Troopers behave? Without mine, unless I'm not there, they just yeah. stand there. Okay, and then what happens when you show up? They go after you. Okay. 
So what was the challenge of that part? There wasn't really any challenge. The way the level was designed was more in your favor than for the octotroopers. Well, so the difficulty might have been exceedingly low, but what, there was a threat of death there, right? Yeah, there were a lot of octo, elite octotroopers, and they do fire at, a, at an alarming rate. So, so, yeah, you do need to make use of the geysers quickly. So how do you make use of the geysers in that scenario? I don't think the octotroopers are directly on top of the geysers, so you have to lure them, lure them on while still dodging their attacks. So you can ink the geysers and also attack and use that as cover. Actually, I'm not sure if they can fire through it or not, but you can definitely use it. I'm not sure uh, either. But I, I, I do know that having them prepared for it being lured over is, is a good plan while you are shooting it. Uh, why would you use the gushers in that case? Why would you? Yeah. It'd make, it'd make you, uh, your ink more prominent. Right, you can one-shot them with the geyser, whereas your own gun might take a few hits. Yeah. Okay. Was that pretty cut and dry, that you got all five of them into a gusher? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I might have had to shoot them up to get them to not stop shooting at me. Right. But they were ultimately done in by the geysers. Okay. Waithwat, do you have an example of an instance where ink affected more than one thing, or you had to fight over how something was inked? Those little octoball guys, plus the boss, basically the giant one, what was he called? Octoworld, I want to say? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Mm -hmm. How, you know, once they get into your ink, they're slowed down and super easy to take out, the guy, little guys. But uh, the boss, more so, in that you had to make sure you had a wide enough area, and as it was going, it would still take up some of your stuff, you know? Like, I'd done the amiibo challenges, I think. The girl one with the sniper, right? Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of trouble with that boss in that because I just couldn't get a wide enough area to get it to stop. Oh, my. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. just uh, go back a second. Um, What does the boss do, like, even before you start shooting? Mostly it's spinning around uh, on, like, a top, spreading ink out around itself. And I think after a bit it'll target you and roll towards you Goron style. Yeah. <laughs> to, which is when you need to get it to stop. Okay. Which, it's a really fun boss fight because you have to position yourself so it'll go through the ink you've set up and you have to make sure you have enough because if there's not enough, it'll just keep going and probably crush you if you don't get out of the way. <laughs> so what goes into the process of considering where you go? I mean, it'll roll straight towards you, so you just kind of... Have to have to keep the ink you've made between you and it as it's spinning as it's spinning like a top because it'll move around the area. It usually stays towards the edges, I want to say. But uh, first phase it's not too hard, but the second and second phase I want to say the area starts spinning in like three sections, and then third phase half of it turns uninkable, which gets tough. <laughs> so yeah. you have to make sure you've got enough cover up between you and it, which can be difficult since your ink can end up halfway on the other side of the map if you're not paying attention. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty cool boss battle where they get a ton of mileage and uh, there's no use of the jump button or anything like that. None of the platforming comes in. Mm -hmm. It's fun that they play with how ink occupies space by first spinning the platforms and then uh, reducing the inkable space. Mm -hmm. The first boss did something similar with its side panels 
turning on Inkable and moving to after phases, I want to say. That's right, yeah. you uh, In the final phase, there's only three plant panels you can ink on that yeah. first boss. So you mentioned that boss was in the sniper add-on content. Do you think that was a good fit? Yeah, they all, they all have all the bosses, but that one... I'd say that one got a lot tougher with the sniper since, you know, it's tougher to get get a good amount of ink covered while still keeping an eye on the enemy, since you'll have to shoot sideways, basically, if you want to... Well, I guess you could keep an eye on it vertically. It's, I just feel like it's easier shooting sideways sideways, so I can get a wide area covered that way, you know? Yeah. It's definitely a boss that wants you to ink a whole lot of area. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, other bosses, like the stamp guy, you mostly need to ink an escape route. Yeah. Okay. I would say in some sense, uh, despite the fact that it doesn't use pits or the uh, standard platforming obstacles, I think that boss makes you most conscious of, like, controlling space via ink. Needing to ink a wide area makes it more difficult to give yourself an immediate escape route. You tend to have to ink till the last second and get out right before the boss can attack you. Or, I mean, hopefully the boss stops at your feet and you don't need to run away. I guess you could phrase it as uh, you need to pay the most attention to where platforms are, even though you're not quote-unquote platforming. Yeah. All right. Yourself, uh, do you have an example of an instance where ink affected more than one thing or you had to fight over what something was inked? Yeah, one instance where I think there was a lot of fighting over what was inked was in the sniper level. There's a sort of circular arena where there's a sniper in the middle on sort of a tower or a little hill. And then there's a gap between that and the circular platform that you're free to run around on. And... You can cross the gap by squid jumping, but it's too big to regular jump across. And on your circular path, there are a couple of machine gun squids, or machine gun octopuses. (laughs) And then on the part of the central tower that you need to jump to is a, like, cleaner robot. Squeegee. Yeah, okay, a cleaner robot. Uh, And the sniper is also, I think, just out of range of your gun. Actually, uh, just a footnote, Um, you can toss a bomb that distance, but I didn't realize this until I watched a video. So anyway, there you're fighting over ink on the platform that you're trying to jump to because there's the cleaner bot there. And then you're also fighting over ink on the platform that you're on because you've got machine gun robots firing at you. And the sniper will shoot you if you're not hidden in ink. So it's more important than usual to keep your own territory inked. Right. If the sniper shoots at you, not only are you in danger of getting hurt, but then... You also have to take the time to re-ink that ground so that you can make that squid jump. Right. So basically you're being pressured to ink on a defensive perspective to hide from the sniper, and then you're being pressured to ink offensively to make the jump before the cleaner robot can get to it. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty interesting setup. I so think- I think that 
the sniper level in general in that situation in particular, ignoring the fact that you can throw a bomb or whatever, stresses the need to use ink outside of just aiming at enemies. Like, you're going to be out of the range of the snipers for a long time, so you are using it more from a stealth perspective, which I think is the most interesting aspect of Splatoon, the sort of implied stealth gameplay of the ink, and something that isn't necessarily emphasized in the more platforming-heavy stages. But I think that when you look at the game as really just a shooter, then that scenario sort of encapsulates what the ink is there for. Ink makes it so that stealth is uh, kind of dynamically altered by what enemies do. Like, it's not just about them seeing you, it's also about how they attack you, and then that ripples forward into how stealthy you can be. Right. Okay. Alright, Wario Fan and Zanrio, which one are you first? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll pick on Wario Fan since it's not his birthday. <laughs> oh. Of luck. Um, well, I was going to say squeegees, but yourself already said squeegees, so maybe I shouldn't say squeegees. Stop saying squeegees. So, what about the, uh, do you remember the sponge level? Yes, I do. Can you describe a scenario there where you had to fight over how something was inked? Well, yeah, I mean, the sponges, you know, they, they grow if they get your ink, and they shrink if they get the enemy ink, so... You know, the enemy will try and stop you if they see you trying to advance on the sponges. They're like, no, I won't let you do that. And then they ink the sponge and it shrinks. Okay, so not only do they damage you with ink, but they also damage the very footing you're on. Right, and that could cause you to fall into the endless abyss under your feet. Yeah, that kind of horrific thing below you. Um, and then he- Splat somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did you overcome that challenge? Well, I think the easiest way is to just splat the enemies before they even have a chance to splat the sponges, you know? Aren't there times where it's difficult to get in range of the enemy, though? Ah, yes, it is. So I think there are times where they give you uh, a bazooka, and yes. you can just give a... a you know, quick tornado towards that way and then just rush over before it's too late. Okay, so your idea was to go in guns a-blazing and knock them unawares. Yeah, I'm pretty bad at playing this game defensively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'm the opposite where I'm I'm bad playing rashly. And so um, what I had to do was play, like, super defensively and... I came up with this cockamamie scheme where I would ink two sponges ahead of me so that the Octotrooper would get distracted on that sponge. I could jump a sponge back and then still hit them. Oh. Watching you play that level was pretty, like, painful, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I've been through the game twice now, and I still can't do that stage regularly. Or, I mean, like, yeah, reliably. All right. And last but not least, Sanrio, do you have an example of a time where you had to uh, fight over how something was inked or when ink affected at least two things? On levels with invisible platforms, 
Wenderson animation yet to anyone. I have to try to shoot shoot them before you can go for photo. But you also have to shoot the on the invincible platform to see where you can go. I gotcha. So there's Yeah. You need to pay attention to two things there, like the platform and the enemy, and you have to decide which to go after first. Yeah. Okay. Did you typically go for the enemy or the platform, or was it like a... How did that work? I tried going for the platform person, just avoiding the enemy until I knew I was in good shooting range. Okay. That level was kind of interesting because enemies can't see you through invisible structures, but that didn't that didn't come up too often. I also thought it was odd that when you play with the sponges, enemy ink undoes your ink, but with the invisible platforms, enemy ink just paints the platform, and then there's only like one squeegee the entire level. So you're rarely in risk of losing visibility. In Splatoon's single-player mode, your gun shoots ink like water from a hose. Some of it travels quite a ways, some of it falls near you, and a fair bit falls in between. The arc creates a range of ink. It doesn't just hit one spot. Elite Octotroopers employ the same gun. In some cases, this lands you in a tug-of-war over how the ground is inked. You need to get close to an enemy to kill it, since your gun has limited range. And in order to get close to an enemy, the ground can't have enemy ink. This ripples forward into more consequences. If an enemy inks the ground, you'll need to take it back with your own ink. But then, inking the ground exposes you to enemies, who will then ink it again. But the coolest gameplay stems from enemies with complementary behavior. In the second stage, one scenario pits you against a squad of octoballs and squeegees. Octoballs roll everywhere, inking the ground behind them. Fortunately, you can slow them with your own ink. This is a challenge in and of itself, since handling one octoball will leave another free to roam. Squeegees, however, complicate things further by cleaning up your own ink. You might lay down some ink to trap an octoball, only to have it undone by a squeegee. Continuing our discussion of Splatoon's single-player campaign, we consider thoughts from Silicon-era writer Jack, on the campaign's weapon selection. I was looking up journalism on Splatoon, and I came across a post on Silicon Era by Jack called, Despite the multiplayer focus, Splatoon's single player easily holds its own. And in this piece, Jack writes... While it would have been cool to tackle all of the levels with the other two kinds of weapons, it's pretty evident that most of the levels were designed with your basic moveset in mind, so it might be for the best. So I wanted to ask, Sanrio, were you disappointed yeah. by the lack of weapon variety in single player? Not really. thought it would be fun to have some other weapons in other levels. Yeah. Yeah. I, have, uh, I like it switch off the bombs and stuff, but I like, really just stuck with the regular one for most. Yeah, bombs are kind of a nuanced thing to use. Yeah. Do you have the amiibos? Yes, all of them. 
Okay, and uh, did you get much use out of the weapon sets they offer? Yeah, I'm told was pun to tie off the different kind of weapons for odd levels. Though some levels were obviously not meant for certain kind of weapons. Right, like the rolly boss and the sniper rifle? Yeah. <laughs> I think for a lot of levels, the roller was kind of difficult to use. Yeah. Because of its short range, especially for a level like the sniper one. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, using the roller with high walls is yeah. really uh, yeah. tricky. Yeah, yeah, and also the, the limited ink levels, where um, if you died, you still had lost ink you had used. Oh, yeah, the limited ink levels. So oh. you kind of had to survive the whole time. Or... Oh. That's pretty Those harsh. Brutal. Those yeah. were a nightmare. So... Don't even get me into the Kraken levels. <laughs> What? What's wrong with those? <laughs> what? Those are fun? Easy. Those are the best. Too easy. <laughs> that's no, exactly why they Yeah, that's a... Uh, yeah. Um, those are the baby levels. Baby I like levels. baby levels. What's baby a Kraken? We yeah. got to play as a Kraken the entire time. But yeah. it, it, even though there was a time limit, that, that was basically pointless. What is a Kraken? No, you um, know, a Kraken you can turn into. It's a special weapon. No, I have no idea what you're talking have you about. Splatoon? Have you? <laughs> it sounds like you're asking, like, what's going on? What's yeah. a Kraken? What's a poppin'? Yeah. Oh, so. Kraken <laughs> <laughs> <Crackin> music. <laughs> so, Wario fan, were you disappointed by the lack of weapon variety? No, for the most part, I really did feel like the, because uh, uh, I have the Amiibos too, and I did feel like the, uh, just a regular splatter shot was a good fit for, uh, the levels in general. You feel like most levels were designed for it. Yeah. Besides, I really liked how the uh, the fish eggs let you upgrade the splatter shot, so that was pretty cool. Yes, I enjoyed that. I just got the last upgrade. It's pretty killer. Shouty, were you disappointed by the lack of weapon variety in single player? No. I think um, the upgrades that you just mentioned were provided enough variety as as it is. Okay. Is that to say you got much mileage out of the different bombs? Yeah. Well, actually, no. But I think uh, having just one weapon to upgrade made things more focused. And if you had a bunch of different weapons you need to upgrade, it kind of dilute my choice options. Yeah, it is it, just a five-hour game. Yeah. All right. Yourself, were you disappointed by the lack of weapon variety? I mean, it's hard to be disappointed considering I didn't even realize other weapons existed until <laughs> after I had finished the single player. But in terms of do I think they could add something to the single player, yeah, I, I don't see any need for them not to be there. It's the kind of thing where the way that this game is designed is very friendly and I understand the function of limiting the player to the one weapon because it you really get a clear sense of each challenge, and it gives you a appreciation for the level design, which I think is a bit harder to get when there are a lot of options in the player's hands. But once I've gotten to the point where I've played through the game a couple of times, sure, I don't mind. I mean, why would I ever not want ways to fuck around with it, even if it's not balanced? Yeah. Why not? Supersonic. Right. Um, it did kind of remind me of uh, Super Mario Brothers, the original, and its humility and variety. It's very conservative. Are there any weapons that come to mind that you think would be interesting for platforming? 
you know, I think, as I said before about the sniper level, which I thought made Ink more interesting by keeping enemies well out of your range, I think that the roller or whatever the other melee weapon is would be interesting to play through, just because that would introduce that situation in a lot of different contexts, where you'd be forced to manage the ink more defensively. Like, bring out a melee combat in a mostly ranged game. Well, I don't even think it would make much of a difference to the combat so much as it would make it like a no-shooting playthrough of Mega Man or something. Oh, so the the stealth would be amped up. Right. All right. Waithwant, were you disappointed by the lack of weapon variety? No, I think just the basic shooter worked pretty well for it. Okay. Because, like Jack had said, they are, they, levels definitely do feel more designed for it, because... I don't have the squid amiibo, but I've got the other two, and a lot of the levels with the charger felt a lot easier since you had more range and could take out the Octo guys in one shot. So if they were they were a challenge to you because you had to get in and, and oh, bleh, dodge around them and stuff, you can just hang back and take them out one by one and get in easily. Yeah, I guess what you're getting at there is that a lot of the challenge in Splatoon is built around how little range you have. And once you get... Somewhat. Yeah. Because I think uh, Wario Fan had said it too, with the roller levels, there was one towards the end that had a bunch of spinning platforms, fan-like spinning, which I had a ton of trouble with with the roller because I couldn't get the ink high enough to get up while it was up. Oh, you know? man. But no, I, that's, that was agreeing with you, actually, wasn't it? About the range thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you think... Yeah, no, I guess so. Uh, they could have... Like, had they made Sorry. specific levels for the paint roller, that would have been interesting? Um, it could be interesting. If they did that, they couldn't just store them on Amiibos. It'd have to be part of the game or DLC. Yes, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> yeah, I'm... They, they would never make new game content and just put them on Amiibos like that. Yeah. I uh, actually, the other day, this yourself already knows this story. Um... <laughs> I was thinking, like, well, you know, I, I put so many hours into Splatoon, it wouldn't hurt me just to get a couple of Amiibos, and then, oh, they're 100 bucks on Amazon, and then uh, I redoubled my fierce uh, opposition to Amiibos' existence. Thank you all for joining me for this lovely summertime podcast. Waithwat, uh, it's been bugging me. Um, would you want a pet zapfish? Totally. Okay. Especially if you could provide some power and save on the bills, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty practical, isn't it? Right? I think you'd have to declare that on your taxes. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Wario fan, would you want a pet zapfish? I think I'd, I'll, I'd take a uh, Zapfish Amiibo. Oh. Um, I, it's not quite the same thing. <laughs> I, are you sure? It could be electric-powered, for all you know. Glow-in-the-dark I mean, Amiibo. Wario fan just wants to make sure his money's gone to Nintendo. That's all. <laughs> Please. 
I, I want a Bob Hoskins amiibo, but I don't want a Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Are you sure? I told you. <laughs> I, I told you the Bob Hoskins amiibo will come with the Bobano amiibo. So. <laughs> uh, Zanrio, would you want a pet Zapfish? Maybe yes. as a birthday present? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what would you name it? Uh, I'm all, uh... Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, surfing Pikachu. Um. Yes. Shouty, would you want a pet zapfish? No. Why not? It's cruel. I uh, like pets are cruel. No, keeping this thing that that obviously needs a lot of space. Uh, so yeah okay like if you kept a bull in your house that would be kind of mean or an ostrich <laughs> a bull well, or an ostrich those are the, where, the two it, things it just, that need space those are the was two it, things golem has been dying to get an ostrich and a bull uh alternatively i've been playing too much donkey kong um i'd rather have one of those zapfish plushes all right uh, does it also glow in the dark um, it doesn't look like it. When do we get a Zapfish plush amiibo? <laughs> it just just layers on layers of uh, marketing. There. I can't wait for the amiibo amiibos. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Smash Brothers collection amiibo amiibo. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't this a Christopher Nolan movie? Um. Anyway. Yeah, Memento. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, I think well, while we're on you, uh, would you want a, a pet zapfish? No, I'm afraid some little squid kids would show up at my house and start shooting paint everywhere. <laughs> New level, yourself's house. <laughs> yeah, he was talking in the last podcast about how arenas were so small. Yeah. An apartment so... is not... Yeah. It would just be like the apartment. It would look like the apartment in the, uh, you know, loading screen for Splatoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do have a map for that, so... Yeah, yeah no, I like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for me, I wouldn't want to pet Zapfish because I would probably hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> you hurt yourself even without the pet Zapfish. Well, yeah, I don't need more ways. Uh <laughs> Waithwat, any final words before we uh, say au revoir? Go team water slugs. Oh, okay. Water slugs? Go team eating! Sanrio, any final words? Go team eating! Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yourself, any final words? can't believe we're going to do another Splatoon podcast two weeks from now. It's going to be on multiplayer. Wait, I already made that joke about Popful Mail, I think. No, it's just that I'm going to, like, I'm, it's already disappearing from my memory, and I'm going to have forgotten the game even exists by then. Well, uh, you know, nobody's, you don't have to. Um, don't sass me. Don't sass me. <laughs> uh, Shouty, any final words? Mm. If we do another uh, podcast, it better be on the same day as another Splatfest. 
I don't know. When's the next splat fest? I don't know. Well, we could time it to be on minor Warrior fans' birthday. Those are coming up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm out next weekend, so it would be the weekend after, which is pretty close to birthday, though. Is, is that how we celebrate birthdays by doing podcasts? <laughs> well, this is... Right, well, we already podcasts. got the one. We have everybody's birthday now. Um, yeah. it, it was uh, Gotta catch them last all. Saturday. We should do something for that. Who's yeah, birthday? let's go do something for that. Let's go back in time and do it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, let's see. I asked yourself, Zanrio Shouty. Mario fan, did I ask you for final words? Uh, no, but I think I've said enough words. I think I've overstayed my quota of words this podcast. <laughs> Would you like to take back any words? Um, several, but uh, I, I I would spend too many words taking back the words, so, yeah, you know, okay. it'd just be pointless. It's a slippery slope. Um... <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining me, and I think we got some uh, nice inky tidbits. Later. You. <laughs> that sounds gross. It can't be any more grosser than the bosses exploding. Yeah, it is violent. I don't think I found that gross. Don't they explode into confetti or something? <laughs> no, they explode into ink. This isn't like a Mario game where they explode into dust and stars. Like this is like biological fluids. Yeah, but it's biodegradable, so who cares? Spraying everywhere. Ugh. I mean, it'd be like if someone shot you up with blood and then you exploded it with your own blood. Pinatas. God. <laughs> yeah. Did you say it... if so? Did you say if someone tied off with blood? No. If someone shot blood at you. <laughs> someone. You mean if you got a blood transfusion and then you, like, exploded (laughs) too much blood? (laughs) I'm still recording. Music in this podcast was taken from Splatoon. I'll leave you with this final thought. Ink changes the way you interpret space in Splatoon. In many shooters, keeping your distance is a sign of skill and strategy. By staking out a position far away, you can catch your foe unawares, and if you hit them from far off, you're skilled at aiming. In Splatoon, Ink shoots in such a wide swath that you don't need to be precise to hit someone. And even then, you can't hit someone from far away since most guns have limited range. However, because ink covers the ground, it makes every inch of the space between you and your opponent important. If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com.